Oh, good Monday morning, everyone, and Merry Christmas. Even you, Richie. <laughs> I'm not sure how to take that, really. Uh, so I guess I'll just take it like you, you meant it and say thank you. Usually I, I'm Jim Rosso, Vice President of News. Usually I distribute coal for Christmas to Scott Ritchie, but I'm in such a good mood, so impressed with Ritchie's work this year. You might get something different. We'll see. More than I already got? Because there was a early Christmas miracle this weekend in the form of Bushlight. 30 of them. I, I'm still, so I can't really wrap my head around it. I All mean, in one package, even. Yeah. Just surprised you just didn't like, take them out and individually wrap them or something. Um, so that, that sort of puts a, a small dent maybe in the, the number that I'm owed. Hmm. Just See, based this on, is based on uh, well years of I'll get you bush light for that. Some of the perks of working at the News Gazette, you know, not just the glory of being the beat writer, a proud tradition of beat writers that cover Illinois basketball, but you sometimes you get cheap canned beer too. <laughs> sometimes being one time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is Inside the Line at Basketball. It's Bragging Rights Week. It's it's Christmas week. It's uh, my favorite time of year. I know Missouri's horrible, and it's going to be a beatdown, but it's still a fun night. Are you going to caution me now? You're going to say, "Well, no, maybe a little." You've got that look. Missouri did just beat Utah, so there's that. No, I mean Utah had seven wins before they played the Tigers. Keith Van Horn have an off night, did he? Uh. For our younger listeners, Keith Van Horn <laughs> played for Utah um, back in the 1990s. So, uh, no, it's – yeah, Missouri's not great. Uh, I mean, this should be a game Illinois wins. It's kind of a game Illinois has to win just simply for the fact that they've lost the last three to Missouri. And, like, one was close. I mean, last year's game in Columbia was – was close. I mean, Illinois had a chance to win it. Uh, the other two, really not so much. I mean, it showed that like Missouri cared about that game more, and they played harder, and they won convincingly in the last two times the game was in St. Louis. Back in St. Louis this year, by the way, so where it's supposed to be. Right. Don't forget your Vax card if you're heading that way. We wrote a story last week reminding our our fans of that. Yeah, and I think you can like send that in ahead of time. They have like a, a website where you can upload that so maybe you don't have to carry it with you. Um, but you know, have it handy just in case. And uh, that's based on the assumption that there will be people there because I know that Missouri dumped its allotment of tickets back into the into the pool because <clears throat> nobody wants them. So we'll see what the crowd is like uh, in this Return to St. Louis, but also clearly with the pandemic still going on as college basketball games are canceled or postponed or forfeited left and right. That's what you're doing to my mood? You're trying to kill my buzz? Is that what you're doing? No, it's just just the reality. I mean, in the last week, just things have taken a turn and um, like kind of have to talk about it because it's a big it's a big thing. And, you know, today, you know. I get going on my work day and see the well Kentucky Louisville's off because Louisville's got you know too many cases inside the program um, and there's like 
couple dozen teams that have had to pause basketball activities uh, in the Big Ten alone. You've got Ohio State, Penn State, Rutgers. Um, it's not ideal, but Saturday's game, or Saturday, I wish it was on a weekend. Wednesday's game in St. Louis, still on. All right, Scott Ritchie headed to St. Louis uh, tomorrow, is that right, uh, for some media availability? Yeah, I get a chance to. If I didn't, wouldn't get a chance to talk with any of my players ahead of the game. And since I am going, I should have an opportunity to, you know, duck into Missouri's availability as well. Um, really, Javon Pickett's the the last man standing, so to speak, of kind of the this game means more to us crowd at, at Missouri. So you know, he's always sort of played his best um, against Illinois. Um, has been okay. This year, just averaging you know, nine and a half points, about three rebounds. Um, so I just assume he'll like go off for like twenty-five on uh, Wednesday. Just that's that's what happens. Have no fear, Illinois rolls. Uh, that's all I'm going to tell you about that game, Scott Ridge. If you need help with your prediction record, which is uh, you know kind of struggling, kind of sputtering a little bit, just uh, ask me. Maybe I can help you. I could do that, or I'll just keep doing what I'm doing and. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a game Illinois should win, especially if they play like they did Saturday against St. Francis uh, of Pennsylvania. Um, the most efficient offense they've run all season. They shot you know, better than 50% from three, made 18 of them, which is a single-game record. Kofi Coburn had to double-double. I mean, it was without Andre Carbello, it was the best offense Illinois could possibly run, and they ran it, and... If they do that against Missouri, like I think the results will be pretty similar. From an X's and O standpoint, Mr. Ritchie, what is different about the the offensive approach? Different strategy, it seems. Yeah, well, I mean, the main thing that has changed from last year, obviously with no Iodesumu and you know no Andre Carbello right now, and for however long that continues to be, uh, basically have scrapped all of like their ball screen action at least in terms of that being the the impetus for something scoring related. Now, Kofi Coburn will still set screens, you know, it'll still it'll still do all that, but it's not with the idea of set the screen, roll, and then that ball's gonna be waiting for you. Or you know, set the screen, there's a dribble drive and a dump off. Um so it's more Still working inside out, but I think you know, the biggest thing is Kofi has shown that he can pass the ball. Yeah, and I think there's there was one play, and you know Brad Underwood you know mentioned it after the game where um, it started with I believe it was Alfonso Plummer. You know, attacked the basket a little bit and threw it to Kofi in the paint, and then Kofi didn't really have a good look, so he kicked it out and. Ball worked its way around the perimeter as you know they kept passing up, probably good shots for a better shot, and you know, eventually you know, ended in a, a three pointer. Every player on the f- court touched the ball, and you know, that kind of ball movement is is what the offense has to be without really a point guard you know, on the court, and you know, they show that they can do that. All right, speaking of Kofi, we'll uh, unveil Scott Ritchie's Christmas All Big Ten team later in the podcast. Start scribbling down those names right now. Well, yeah, I'm going to have to because, team. well, 
what is, I just learned about it. What is new about uh, the rankings is that Illinois did not crack the top 25 this week despite the rout of uh, St. Francis. They're checking in at number 29. Did Richie vote for Illinois this week is my question. I haven't looked at the uh, how the ballots played out. I did. And the one point they got from my number 25 vote didn't really do them a whole lot of good as it turns out. They did move up, I guess, a couple of spots nominally, but um, it was more a case for me of some losses for some other teams. Um, I finally dumped Villanova all the way out, even though they're still ranked because they have four losses. And, like, I get that their advanced metrics are good, but, like, got to beat the good teams eventually. And they still could. Villanova, you know, we'll see what happens, but... It got to the point where I had like 23 teams ranked, and I was like, I don't really want to vote for any of these teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Minnesota at number 24, and their best two wins are on average better than Illinois' best two wins, and they only have one loss as well, and it was to Michigan State, and that's not a bad loss. Then I was like, well, Illinois got four top 100 wins. Their advanced numbers are still good, you know, despite the – I mean, the Arizona loss, that's, that doesn't even factor into things. That's, those four points, Arizona's really good. The Marquette and Cincinnati losses continue to look worse by the day as those teams keep losing. But advanced numbers are good. Four pretty good wins. I'll, I put them back in the poll. Maybe next week they'll uh, crack it. Uh, they'll win on Wednesday and then sit idle while other teams lose. There seems to be a lot of teams, uh, big-name teams, that are uh, they continue to struggle. Uh, uh, Michigan being one of them. Oregon, I expected much more out of Oregon. Yeah, me too. Um, had a chance on Saturday night. They kind of let that one slip away. But there's a lot of those type teams. Villanova, you bring up North Carolina that have not got just thumped by Kentucky by a lot. Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure if that says more about Kentucky or about North Carolina. I think it can be both. I mean, Severe Wheeler played really well. Uh, Kentucky's point guard. Um, but North Carolina, under Hubert Davis, like they just haven't figured it out. And it's the basketball itself is so much different compared to the Roy Williams era. And like Hubert got the pieces to run what he wants, but uh, doesn't have the guards, I don't think. Like I like their bigs. Uh, Dawson Garcia, Brady Manick, Armando Baycott. Like, that's, a, that's your top three bigs. Like, you got something going, but Caleb Love's been a disappointment. Um, again, really, R.J. Davis hasn't maybe broken out. Um, That's tough. But uh, it's created a very interesting first two months, well, first month and a half of the college basketball season because, you know, there's, there's some different teams that are, you know, being ranked and playing well, and I, I like to see it. All right, Richie was all over it Saturday. Got to mingle with the uh, old Illini, the 40-year-old Illini, the lubricated Illini, as uh, uh, Brad Underwood made mention of. Yeah, at least that was the case Friday night. <laughs> or, well, them. Friday late afternoon and into the night. Um, yeah, they were excited. I mean, excited to be back, you know, in Champaign at State Farm Center, even though none of them actually played at when it was called State Farm Center. Uh, but I think they were more excited just to be back with each other. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was the most from that era that had returned all at the same time 
in at least a decade, if not, you know, since 2005 when like the hundred year, um, hundred years of Illinois basketball was celebrated. So I think that, that part meant more to these guys than even talking about like the two big 10 championships they won. Go to newsgazette.com for our photo gallery. Robin Schultz had some excellent photos. What we didn't get pictures of, Ed Bond did at the Esquire. A couple of guys tipping back a few. Great. Uh, Lucas Johnson kind of was the star of the show. He's kind of been quiet recently, not in the limelight, but came back in full force, diving on the floor. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, was he, he, was, he was introduced by Tim Sinclair as leading the Big Ten in four burned during mm-hmm. his career. So he was like, well, might as well. Do it. Lean into it, and he dove and slid across the court. Made the cover of our Sunday News Gazette print edition, A1. He had a great Facebook post later in the week uh, going to cams, finding it locked, closed, and apparently distraught, (laughs) tugging at the door, hoping it would open. No avail. And as Brad Underwood mentioned a couple times, that's a math teacher. (laughs) Uh, good to see those guys back. That was a glorious run they put together back-to-back. And uh, something that this group has a chance to maybe match. I know it's not a regular season championship, but they can go back-to-back. They got the they got the pieces. Yeah, and there would be some, at least certainly in the fan base, would argue that they mm-hmm. you know, were the Big Ten champs last year. Yeah. Josh Woodman kind of arguing that with his strongly worded letter. Um, but, yeah, it's... I think the Big Ten is up for grabs. I mean, there are certainly some contenders at the top in Purdue, uh, Ohio State, but Illinois is right there. Right. So you know they can they can win that regular season title. You just gotta gotta keep playing good basketball. Looking forward to those Purdue games. Uh, Boilermakers almost tripped up again late last week, but uh, seemed to have righted the ship. Yeah, I mean they're not going to win every game by twenty, but. They keep winning because they have one of multiple good players and two like a good coach and what they're doing works well together. All right. Saw the Boilermakers picked up another stud uh, over the weekend, recruiting wise. So yeah, another uh, four star recruit. So. Matt Painter's got it going. Yeah, and they've got another seven footer on the way as well yeah. in the class of twenty twenty two. Of course, seven two. William Berg from Sweden, uh, Illinois, had offered as well. But uh, not a surprise that a giant human being is going to go play basketball for Matt Painter because he collects them and has now for years. Why do I think Matt Painter might have a a player on that uh, Christmas All-Big Ten team that uh, Scott Ritchie has been studying uh, for at least a couple minutes? Days, I meant. (laughs) A lot of minutes. Uh, who you got? Uh, I got Kofi on that team, and I got Plummer on that team. I got two Illinois guys on my all-Big Ten Christmas team. You apparently don't by the looks of it. I mean, I, there's just an argument to be made for more than five is the problem. Because um, Kofi's played, obviously, very well. Alfonso Plummer's played as well as anybody in the mm-hmm. Big Ten for the last That's why I'm on my team. Games. But then what do you do with Jaden Ivey and Keegan Murray and Trevian Williams and E.J. Liddell? I, I just named four, so I'm up to six already. And that doesn't even include Zach Eady. 
Are you going to name everybody in the Big Ten on your all Big Ten team? Is I that just, it? I just named those seven. Like, uh, if you take, let's see, third, let's say 13 scholarship players per team. Illinois has got 14, but um, that's well over 100, and I named seven, so I think that's a fa- pretty fine ratio. But you're going to make me pick five, right? Yeah, you? I am. You're not off the hook, Richie. Okay. Well, I can't not have Jaden Ivey. Top or five pick in your next NBA draft. Yeah. Okay. Good enough. Keegan Murray is leading the country in scoring. And, like, he's legitimately very good. All right. Another first-round pick. I'll give you that one. You get a bunch of wing players so far. Yeah, Jaden Ivey can run the point. Okay. He is, All in right. fact, running the point at Purdue. Um, EJ Liddell is the reason Ohio State is ranked where it's There's at. There's three. And I guess with all due respect to the Purdue big man duo of Trevian Williams and Zach Eady, um, I think Kofi's better. Yeah. And you I can't not put Alfonso Plummer Thank on you. the team. Thank you for seeing it the way I had it. Yeah. And also, I mean, honestly, like Jacob Grandison playing like a top ten player in the Big Ten mm. right now. All right. Uh, he's just I mean, just made I don't even want to say he's made strides, but he has sort of reverted back to when he had to be the guy at Holy Cross, he's playing with that kind of confidence, but sort of in, but not outside of himself. He's just a very good compliment to what you know Plummer and, and Kofi are doing. He's in uh, Tuesday's News Gazette, not for his basketball ability, but Jacob Grandison's violin ability. Yeah, apparently, he has some. Bob Osmussen doing a column on the on the UI sophomore who. Played the national anthem on his violin last week. Yeah, Jacob Grandison was enthralled by that. Mm-hmm. He, he throws out some violin terms, in fact. It was very, very impressive. Yeah, because, like, so Bob asked me, because like, he was going to ask you know, players, you know, what they thought about it. And I was like, like, who would be the best to ask? So I was like, you know, Jacob Grandison usually has pretty good answers. And he's very thoughtful and mature and had no idea he played the violin, though. So that turned out to work perfectly for what Bob uh, was looking for. Um, yeah, played since he was a kid. Doesn't play much now, just he doesn't have the time. But um, he was very impressed, though, with uh, the national anthem played on on the violin. I think, as everyone was, it was it was great. All right, uh, let's get to a topic that is uh, on the minds of many people. That being Andre Cabello and when he's going to come back, if ever. Uh, what can what light can you shed? I mean, none, really, because it's just sort of at the point where he'll be back when he's back, and Illinois is certainly not rushing that. Um, But we don't get any details about when or what's happening, what he's dealing with. It's just it's a process he's going through, and there's no timeline. Those are the answers we're getting from Brad Underwood, because we ask every time we see him, because that's a story right now. I mean, it was a guy that you know some thought would be an all-American this season have that great, you know, sophomore breakout and 
he's on the bench. And I mean, he's still very engaged in what Owen is doing. Like he is coaching almost as much as the assistants, you know, during the game. Like he's up and, you know, shouting things out to, you know, the other guards on the court. And, but as for when he'll be on the court himself, no idea. All right. That's a, um, is the coach getting upset with the, the constant questions about that yet or not? I mean, I don't think he's thrilled with them, but he has to know that they're coming mm-hmm. because it's, I mean, if it was like the 10th guy in the rotation, it would still be a, you know, important, but it wouldn't be as big a deal as it is with, since it's Andre Curbelo, who, again, starting point guard. Some people had him as a, pre- a preseason All-American. Everyone thought he would be an All-American by the end of the year. So uh, questions have to be asked in the end. Part of Brad's job is to at least field them. I guess he doesn't have to answer them. To Well, he can answer them to whatever extent he wants, and right now it's pretty vague. All right, what are you going to do in St. Louis, uh, non-basketball related? Where are your, your go-tos? Is it the zoo, Scott? Is it uh, well, I mean, O'Malley's? Is it? The zoo is, it's a nice zoo. It's free. It's free. It's so also like December. And I'm, Do you need to get tough pill? Because I got a bottle over here that Ed Bond often taps into. I mean, I assumed you would like. The zoo is a wonderful place regardless me, of temperature. <laughs> I assumed you would make me do like work things but like i'll go to the zoo if i got some free time uh really at the top of my list is breakfast wednesday morning at uh rooster i don't even know what you're talking about but it's the best breakfast in town i'm really disappointed that's all i'm gonna say if if you'd been there you you would know exactly how good sounds like wild times in st louis for scott ritchie breakfast at the rooster um, can't wait uh, to read about that. That's all I'm saying. Uh, the ba- the basketball game starts at eight. What's it, what network is it on? I know, uh, I know the radio side of things, but uh, it's on. Usually tells me how <laughs> how important of a game it is. Well, here you go, uh, BTN. Okay, all right. So I missed the days back back in the day when it had the ESPN slot, the Saturday night slot. Yeah. Well, I mean. I think Illinois and Missouri fans still find it a, a rivalry to be excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Illinois fans a little more. Nationally, yeah, not so much. Yeah. At least, you know, I guess what well, last year it did eventually end up on maybe ESPNU, but was going to be on the SEC network, which threw everyone into a, a conniption because, like, who actually gets the SEC network? Um, and it was going to be on an alternate channel. Gosh, I remember that. That was fun for a couple of days. Um, yeah, I think BTN and like who knows if they'll actually be there. I, so I guess I can't guarantee that the crew broadcast crew will be live in St. Louis. found it funny for Illinois game on Saturday. Um, it's on BTN, uh, former line. I Trent Meacham was going to be on the call and Trent Meacham who lives here in Champaign had to drive to Chicago to do the game in studio. It's crazy. Yeah, I was just like, I mean, it's been, I don't know. I think there've only been like broadcast crews at the arena like a few times this year. Yeah. 
It's a money-saving move by the, the networks. All right, Brad Underwood has addressed the COVID situation. Uh, any uh, steps that he's taken that uh, might keep his team off the naughty list? Well, I think the the big step here shortly, because uh, you know all of the players, they said all of them are vaccinated, but they'll be they're due for their boosters like starting about now. Like so, their mm-hmm. coaching staff certainly encouraging that process to get started, and then because some players got their initial vaccinations a little bit later, so they'll be a little bit later on the boosters. But that's that's the next move to hopefully be in a place where don't have to postpone or cancel games outright all right uh before i let you go give me your top three your power poll i think we've already discussed them yeah all three of them um it's gonna be kofi coburn at the number one spot again um not just because he had a a double double against san francis but like the success of everyone around him has come because of his presence. And like his teammates will mention the same. Like they're getting open shots because sort of the gravitational pull that Kofi has on defenses. Like they just collapse, you know, in the paint and that leaves dudes open on the perimeter. Um where they make now, you know, fifty percent of their threes if you're just talking about Alfonso Plummer, who'll be number two, and Jacob Grandison, who'll be number three. I got a new one though for you, since that was such an easy list. Uh, I need your top three rookies, freshmen, as of today. Illinois or? Illinois. Hmm. Saw a lot of them on Saturday. Yeah. Um, they all got a point that. Just based on Saturday, a little bit, I want to move R.J. Melendez to the top spot. Hmm. All right. Defensively, still some, and Brad Arnowich, and still some work to be done, but. He was just very aggressive. Like he attacked his opportunity that he got and you know, ended up with what, four assists, I think. Like so he was doing some some things that were pretty good. Luke Goody, number two. And then Brandon Pajimski. Still in that third spot, but you know, Brad Underwood said, you know, he earned he was one of the first guys off the bench against St. Francis, and that's something Underwood said that the freshman guard had earned in practice over the last several weeks and yeah, he uh, came through late, hit the record-setting three-pointer, and also uh, delivered an AirPods moment with his uh, fast-break dunk. And I got to use AirPods in a tweet, so shout-out to him for that. All right, follow along with Richie from St. Louis on uh, Atlanta HQ, on Twitter, on Snapchat. We'll keep him busy. He's a very talented multimedia star. Uh, after the game, do the players get a chance to go home like they normally do the uh, the night of that game? Even um, that's the plan. Yeah, they're they're gonna get uh, at least a couple days, I think, uh, to celebrate the holidays with their families, and you know, then they'll be back because they've got a, a game. What on the twenty? What twenty ninth against Florida A and M? So. There's a, a window there, though, where they can maybe take a breather and just relax for a little, spend time with family, and then, you know, obviously come back and get to work. Because after that Florida A&M game, it's 18 straight in the Big Ten with uh, a lot on the line. No offense to the Florida A&Ms and St. Francis's of the world, but that's 
the games that we want, <laughs> that we need. Yeah, and I mean, really, looking ahead to the Florida A&M game, one obviously you know, note of local interest, Cam Reeves, Champagne Kid, is uh, on the, the Rattlers roster. So that's about it. One-time teammate of Sam Rosso, Cam Reeves, before he transferred to Centennial. Well, there you go. A little f- fun fact for you, Scott Ritchie. Well, here's another fun fact. Um, Florida A&M is 2-9. and nine. The players own a state before they play Illinois, but they're 2-9, and nine, and neither of their wins have come against Division One opponents. So maybe pencil that win in as a W. There you go. Hey, real quick before uh, a non-basketball uh, thought, make it quick for me. I watched the uh, NCAA Volleyball Championship on Saturday. How close is Illinois to getting to that level? Well, considering the two teams that played in it, Wisconsin and Nebraska, won all five of the combined matches this year against Illinois. Uh, not that close. Um, and Wisconsin and Nebraska keep recruiting at a very, very high level, higher than Illinois. But, I mean, obviously Illinois made the Sweet 16. Um, so they're they're not... You know, completely out of the picture, but like Wisconsin, Nebraska, they're at a different level, and I mean that's just a factual thing that can be said. All right, the Big Ten's a volleyball conference. How about that? I mean, the national championship was essentially the Big Ten championship. Yeah, it was. And um, yeah, both teams are still going to be pretty good. I mean, Nebraska's I think the the next up as being at the top of the conference because got a lot of young players. Wisconsin was relying on a bunch of. Well, yeah, several super seniors. So, I'd say the the Huskers are probably going to be the ones to to watch out for here late in the next couple of years. All right, follow along with Richie six a.m. even on Christmas morning. Good good Christmas morning, Illini Nation. It will be the name of it. Your daily dose of college basketball news. Love it. How about that? Yeah, I guess I had like in the back of my head knew I'd have to do that, yeah. but. You got to keep the streak going, I guess. All right, hey, Merry Christmas, Scott Ritchie. Uh, hope you enjoy uh, the game on Wednesday, and then some time with your family. Uh, going back to Eureka, are you? I will be. Oh, that's a big time. That's big time. I'll let the I'll let the folks at the Casey's know. One, you have two Casey's in Eureka. If I'm if I'm right, no, just the one. Just one. Okay, well, I'll call them here on their payphone and tell them you're on the way. How about that? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. See ya. Talk to you next Monday, Scotty.